0: Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now.
1: Hello and welcome to This Marketing Show. Today, we're going to talk about a hot topic right now. I'm sure your business has some type of meeting, kickoff, ceremony, whatever, coming up in January. And Melissa who heads up our virtual event business, is with us today to talk about five virtual event blunders we see all the time. Is that fair to say, Melissa?
0: That's very fair to say.
1: And uh, we're going to talk about what we see and how basically to avoid them. Now, look, when COVID hit, uh, we offer live events, me as a speaker, and we've done over a thousand paid events. We What we tried to do is take the live event experience and bring it into a virtual setting. Now, not everything can be done, but We've really amazed, I think, a lot of people, Melissa, with what you've done. And we'll talk about that today. So five blunders. Let's talk about the first one that we always see, and that's something being under-promoted.
0: Yes, absolutely, Rick. Um, and what do we mean by that? I mean, there's so many things, but not promoting across all of the social platforms or at all. Um, I think it's imperative that you get the word out there. Um, not arming salespeople or employees with tools to market it and then give them a quota. Um, not, paid ap- not doing any paid advertising. Um, not using free, valuable resources. Let, let me give a plug for Eventbrite, it's a free tool. Um, not showcased on your website um, or using sponsors or connectors, people that can get the word out there for you. Uh, target audience. You know, have you got that defined? Who should who should attend, and are you putting that on your social platforms to say, "Hey, we're going after C levels, or we're going after sales managers, or whatever your target is"? Um, and then, um, you know, coupled in that is poor attendance, right? But the good news is, is don't get caught up in how many people attend it. If you record it, you can give it to your sales folks to send the link out to their prospects or current customers that missed it. Or you can put it on the website for the non-attendees.
1: You know, so true. We're we're doing an event for a a real estate uh, organization in January. And one of the concerns was, hey, what if nobody shows up? And uh, originally, by the way, this gentleman was thinking of a live event. um, (laughs) But when we talked about the scale potential of virtual, you know, some people are still a little antsy about being in person, depending on where you are. You know, one comment you made there about giving the sales reps tools. Uh, What we're doing for our clients is giving them specific social posts. Reps are given a target list and they're given a quote, as Melissa said. So basically each rep's got to bring 20, 30, 50 people. And we've really felt or found, sorry, that the team approach drives way more attendance than just the company trying to do all the lifting. So good points there, Melissa. Now let's talk talk about another blender that uh, you help our, Clients jump out from in front of the train on all the time. And that's the old experiencing technical issues.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. If anything, this is a huge one, folks. Uh, One of the things I could say is schedule a dry run. So have an agenda. Have a schedule with defined timelines so you're not going on for hours and hours at a time. Make sure your panelists or your speakers are prepared. Uh, One thing I recommend is sending them a checklist in advance of what not to do, i.e. don't sit in front of a window. Don't have your dog running around or your children running around or all using the Wi-Fi. How
1: about the one time you had a professional athlete on and his three kids were gaming in the next room and we heard about every seventh word the guy was saying.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, here, they brought in this amazing person that someone wanted to listen to, but like you say, it was choppy. Um, So minimize the background noise as well, whatever that is. Um, Have someone manage the technology so you don't have to worry about it. You can worry about the content and the things that are important to the audience. Um, So make sure, you know, you've got, a host or to handle the questions and the FAQs and the chat and, and, and to just make it a seamless transition between things. And then not having a backup plan if something fails. And it will sometimes. It will. It's inevitable. So one of the things, you know, is hardwired internet versus Wi-Fi. Uh, as we know, Wi-Fi can be choppy. But if you have hardwired internet, and i mean there's many backup plans make sure you have the cell numbers of the speakers so you can text them if they drop or whatever so those yeah,
1: one, are just some top things. No, no, they're, they're they're all relevant. And, you know, if you're sitting there saying, hey, we do that, let, let me go back to something Melissa just mentioned there, the dry run, okay? Yeah. Uh, when, when I was a kid in a play and I was the tree <laughs> on the right side of the stage, we did a dry run and I had to stand there. And at the perfect moment, I had to say this line. What I'm saying is that I don't think enough people do the dry runs like you're talking about. And dry runs, by the way, include, Using the technology, how yes. am I going to come in? When do I turn my camera on? Um, uh, am I comfortable with the platform? How many times you folks watching right now, you, you've gone on and you're not used to Teams or you're not used to Zoom or whatever and you're, you're flustered if it's the first time. And the other thing that I think you do really well in your dry runs most is you have timelines. So everybody knows I'm going to talk yes. for 15. He's on for five, she's on for 30. And uh, I think your hosting ability um almost like a game show host make sure you hit the commercials and you wrap this guy up and sometimes yes. it's an in, when it's an internal person it's difficult to kind of herd the cattle along so anyway technical issues great tip by the way on the hardwired internet what about uh, the other blunder that we see all the time uh we show up with great expectations uh because mm-hmm. this of course is going to be the best virtual event ever and there's <laughs> a lack of enter uh, engagement sorry
0: yeah. Or entertainment, right?
1: Or entertainment, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Both. Um, exactly. So boring PowerPoint slides, you know, you got a speaker on there who's got 75 slides and he's just going to or he or she is just going to go through all of them. Um, so the, that's brutal. Um, not having enough music or comedy or enough content to fill the space um, or having too much content. Um, Not using short videos and some compelling images, something that gets people engaged and feeling like they're a part of it and there's different things going on. Polls, running polls, all of the platforms have polls. Um, And then you know who's paying attention, who's dropped off, et cetera. Um, Gamification, so platforms like Kahoot where you can run games or surveys and people can be involved on their phones or on their uh, desktop computers. Having breakout rooms with subject matter experts or networking. Um, Those are huge. Um, Or not asking for feedback in the chat. Make sure you do that so you see where people are at and you can, you know, vet those comments. You don't have to put them all out there, but asking for feedback is key.
1: Can I just go back to your boring PowerPoint slides? (laughs) Uh, Look, um, I don't know how you say this other than, you know, do not show slides would be my respectful suggestion that are full of text. You know, uh-huh. I was at a conference speaking in Orlando and I like to watch what other speakers are doing just as a student of the game. Mm-hmm. And here's someone talking about marketing. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this person's slide. It's like got 500 words on it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, and oh, by the way, the sources are from 2017. I'm like, okay, 2017 doesn't matter now since COVID hit. Anyway, boring slides. You know, the one thing I think you do really well as a host, so Melissa again steps in as your host, okay, so you brought her in, she greets, all that kind of stuff. I think one of the things you do really well is prompt people, like you said, to engage in polls, the feedback, in the chat, because that gets people off their email, and uh, with so many people now uh, with their cameras off, it's difficult to kind of do that dipstick of who's with me mm-hmm. and who's kind of left the, the program.
0: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um,
1: Okay, so I, I hit the presentation a little bit there on uh, don't be boring. And you mentioned use visuals, you know, if you go back to Steve Jobs, like think of his presentations and look at them on YouTube, if you haven't, like, here's a guy that would use one image in maybe a couple words, that's about it to communicate. Um, let's talk about presentation killers, another uh, blender, Melissa, what are you seeing there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think let the, let your audience know up front where you're going, um, you know, give them an agenda, timelines. Hey, we're going to have this, this, this and this coming up so they know what to expect. And then, you know, save a key piece to the end. So you keep your your audience there for the whole time as well. Um, coach them. Coach them on the you know the mute and unmute the camera in, camera on camera off uh, how to use the chat function how to use the Q and A function. Oftentimes they don't know they're they're juggled between platforms. So just coach them up front. Um, like you said earlier, visuals versus text. Rick, use compelling images, not a bunch of text. You'll lose them to trying to read it, and they'll be bored out of their mind. Um, use multiple speakers and experienced ones. That can make it or break it. If if you've got some guy there a lady on there that just goes on forever with just horrible content so those are just it, some of the presentation killers i think
1: no no i mean look at uh, we, we could go with like 500 virtual <laughs> blunders uh yes. and you would be watching forever if you stuck with us but the um you know you talk about uh multiple speakers you know a lot of times people underutilize their own people
0: absolutely uh,
1: for because people want to see their peers yep. at the same time you know next next week we're going to be talking about you know, how to execute the ultimate sales kickoff. We've done bazillions of those. And we're gonna talk about what we've seen in terms of what works really well if you're planning a sales kickoff, by the way, in January or February. But when it comes to the speakers, a gentleman once told me when I into the speaking business, he said, Rick, there's three things that people look for in an event or measure anyway. One is the venue, okay? Mm -hmm. One is the content, and then one is the presenter. And he said, if you've got a great presenter the venue and the content don't really matter. And so just, it, it, that stuck with me years ago, uh, 20 years ago when I started, and I think you've been with us now 18 years, Melissa. So you've yes. probably started around 10 by the look at you. 10, okay.
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you so, too, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> so uh, under-promoted, we talked about experiencing technical issues, good ideas to avoid those, lack of engagement, polls, quizzes, right? Get them involved, yes. um, presentation killers, Do not show like slide slap them uh, with (laughs) all this text. And uh, what about uh, the other blunder you've got there? Weak wrap up. What are you talking about there? Yeah.
0: So how to avoid crickets at the end have some FAQs and questions prepared in advance so that if nobody asks a question in the event, you've got some plans. You can say, hey, we just got a great one and then have the speakers prepared to be able to answer that question as well. Um, and, uh, And you could sprinkle them throughout or you can do them at the end. Um, have someone filter the live questions because sometimes they can be criticisms or random things that you don't want to step on a hornet's nest. So just to have someone filter that, that goes back to the live host and, and, and a technical person just being involved. So in Melissa,
1: it, just if we could behind us. Yeah. So the way it works in a pro virtual event, also oh, again, think here, Melissa, last week or the week before, you had like 600 people on, okay? So you can imagine yeah. 600 people <laughs> there's the odd sniper in there that's going to try and ask a question to destroy the meeting.
0: Absolutely. So
1: I think, you know, for someone watching right now, what you do is you catch the questions and can communicate with someone who might respond while the presentation's going on. So it's not a hot potato when it comes out and they can elect to deal with those, you know, on the sideline if they want. But there's always the, you know, you may have a competitor on there. Who knows in some cases what people do? So, good, good point there on the um, prepared FAQs and filtering, by the way, those that are coming in.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing, Rick, is a weak call to action. There needs to be some call to action. Um, and, and then following that, a survey. So you mean, a lot of these you mean,
1: st- thank you for joining us today. Would that be a good call to action?
0: Absolutely not. You want to retain these people. You want to be able to follow up with them and, and have some conversations. So have them do something or or send them something or or whatever that looks like, but just have a call to action. Um ask have a survey. Ask them questions as they leave. Um, and you can make it in a lot of the platforms, you can make it mandatory. And you don't want to you know, 20 question survey, just something quick that gets you the information that you want, i.e. email address, first and last name. Uh, you'll already have that likely from registration, but I always say just have that at the end as well. Just some, some key things you want to get. Um, and then a follow-up campaign, whatever that looks like, like a drip email campaign, social campaign, whatever that looks like, um, make sure there's some sort of follow-up.
1: So, okay, so, you know, we, we, we've been to so many virtual events ourselves since this (laughs) pandemic and uh we'll be to many more and by the way if you're thinking to yourself hey sounds interesting but we're back on the live event channel i think a lot of what melissa's talking about here applies directly to live as well and we'll talk even more about that next week uh, when we talk about like how to run the ultimate sales kickoff but um now melissa um any closing thoughts on suggestions you think uh someone to think about as they're planning a virtual meeting because uh you're doing a lot of them
0: yeah yeah absolutely rick i think for sure plan 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 um if you don't plan it it isn't going to happen right and get those checklists going i know it sounds you know daunting um but have a checklist have a plan know your objectives and again, you know, follow these five tips. Seriously, I've, I've done a lot of them and, uh, and you can just avoid a lot of hassle and make sure you have a successful event.
1: Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about people running um, virtual events on their own, like sometimes common sense isn't that common. Um, <laughs>
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: having Absolutely. your Rottweiler behind you, like <laughs> while you're in your muscle shirt in front of a window while your partner mows the lawn. Yes. We've seen it. Okay. <laughs> we anyway, we've seen it all. Melissa, you made Sarnia, Ontario proud today. Thank you so much <laughs> for what you do for our team, but even more for our customers. The feedback's been fabulous on your ability to host events, uh, whether they be virtual, live. You've even done hybrid events where people half of them are there live and half of them are there virtual. So, I uh, really appreciate you joining us today and everything you're doing to help our customers make sure their virtual events stand out in a positive way. Thanks, Thanks for joining so much, us, Jim thanks for joining us this marketing show.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of this marketing show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest b two b insights to help you market and sell to win.